and welcome back to Top Chair Sports. I'm Victor. I'm joined today only by Brett. Um, Hello. Not our full crew today, uh, but since it is just the two of us, we're going to focus on um, two sports that we know Spencer does not partake in nearly as much as we do. So with that, we will talk for a few minutes um, just briefly about the English Premier League, um, as it is one of the only leagues uh, or the first league, I should say, back um, of those that stopped for the coronavirus midseason. And after that, we will go to NHL, where we will talk um, some of the qualifying round matchups, uh, as well as the top four seeding. And we will break that into two different weeks, with this week being the Western Conference, uh, as a change of pace, since we always start with the East. So with that, I will turn it over to Brett to uh, talk about the Premier League. Yes. um, So as you mentioned, the Premier League is back. It is the first major sport that is televised here in the United States that's back on um, this along with the PGA, I guess. Um, And uh, something the players have done and the league has allowed them to do is every single um, jersey – for every team has Black Lives Matter as the name on the back of the jersey, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, this will be for the first, I guess, first set of like three games each team plays. Um, so, been seeing that uh, on every jersey, which is a cool effect. Also, each team has been uh, kneeling at kickoff um, before the game gets underway. Again, to demonstrate uh, Black Lives Matter. So just cool that the league has done that. Um, It is being played without fans, obviously, um, which has been kind of weird, even though NBC has been piping authentic fan noise through the television uh, to make it sound (laughs) like there are fans there. It's still weird. Um, And it really has taken away home field. So there's been probably like, 18 games already that has been played again in project restart. And of those, um, the away team actually has a better winning percentage than the home team, which is unheard of in soccer. Um, because again, there's no fans. So it kind of makes a more level playing field, which is really important as we're coming down the stretch here. So each team has every team as of this recording has played 30 games, um, which means every team has uh, just eight games left. Um, Now, the table is very tight in terms of four through, really, all the way down to 13. Um, All of those teams still have a shot of finishing top six, which obviously would get you a European League spot. Um, Typically, the top four make the Champions League. Manchester City is already locked in in a top four spot. They, however, could be banned from European play. We'll find that out for sure. As of now, they are. Uh, They did appeal it. We'll find out for sure in the middle of July if that um, stands or not. Um, The season, by the way, for the Premier League is scheduled to end on July 26th, uh, just four days before the NHL comes back. It's a kind of beautiful timing for NBC, especially since they carry both sports. Um, couldn't have worked out better for them. Um, but yeah, the way they are doing the schedule now is every team plays pretty much every three days, uh, which is 
unheard of again. Um, so to kind of combat this, the Premier League, which typically only allows three substitutions, uh, is allowing five for each game. And typically you could only name uh, 18 men. You can now name 20 men for each game. Uh, so two extra bench players and two extra subs that you can make each game. This is to help um, the safety of the players and their health, obviously. Um, this is something interesting. I feel like we might see the NHL and NBA do as well. It's kind of increase the bench size um, to allow teams to dress more players uh, each game, again, to help limit both their time physically playing the game and as well as um, their time in training and everything to keep these players rested. Um, the Premier League had to make the schedule like this. They know they're normally done. Well, to put into perspective, they're normally starting their season in August. Um, so they never are playing at this time. Um, and so they really wanted to condense the schedule and that's why they did those precautions. The way that they're doing this too, it really helps the teams that have a deep bench. Um, because now you can spread out the playing time and keep better players out there. And we're already seeing that with teams like Sheffield United, uh, who just got promoted last year. They don't have a deep bench, and they've been struggling since uh, players restarted. They have a draw and a loss. Yeah, so teams like Sheffield United um, obviously don't have as much depth as they just got promoted um, this season. So they have been struggling right out of the gate. Um, the last thing I'll say, I'll stop rambling here. Um, with Manchester City likely being banned, that makes a Champions League spot now um, the fifth spot and the Europa League spots six and seven, which makes this really wide open. Um, currently, Manchester United is in fifth, tied with Wolves. Um, the seventh spot is Sheffield United at 44 points. But to kind of put into perspective, Newcastle is in 13th and has 38 points. So they are just six points out of a uh, Europa League spot, which makes this just completely wide open here with eight games left. Um, I would say Manchester United, Wolverhampton, Sheffield, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Burnley, Everton, and Newcastle all still have a very legitimate chance of making um, the Europa League and or the Champions League. Um, so this is kind of unprecedented. We've never really seen the Premier League this tight and playing this many games in such few days. Um, so this is more wide open than ever before. So this will be fun to see how this shakes out. Um, there is also a Premier League game literally every single day from now until that July 26th date. Um, at least one every day. So if you're bored and you want to watch a sport, it's on mm -hmm. every day at some point. And I think it will really help uh, people get into Premier League soccer. The fact I agree. Um, they're doing a good thing for them, you know, being the first ones back, something the MLB should have done, as we mentioned before. <laughs> Um, cause all eyes are going to be on that. Um, people just miss sports. They want to watch something. Exactly. No knock on the PGA, which is back as well, but right. Right. But team sports, especially. 
Yes, sir. So that will be uh, Barclays Premier League wrap. <laughs> Tuesday. Well done. Um, successful wrap. And yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, it's always great for the sport whenever it's close coming down to the wire. Um, but with everything so unexpected, we'll see how it plays out. And with that, we'll jump over to NHL, where I have brought up on previous podcasts, but uh, Brett has his own specific hockey-only channel, uh, Hockey Thoughts. You can find it anywhere that you can find our um, podcasts. Sorry, I blanked on the word there. Uh, So if you want more hockey insight, uh, please go over there. And since he did do these matchups, we won't dwell on them too much uh, as far as why you picked each one, since... I know your reasoning, and uh, I'm sure any of our hockey listeners have gone and listened to that, but we will go through and do our Western Conference predictions for the qualifying round and top four season. Yes, sounds good. So with that, uh, we'll work our way up to the Flames. So starting with the 6-11 matchup, we have the National Predators in the sixth spot taking on the Arizona Coyotes in the 11th spot. Who do you have here? Do you see any mat, any uh, series being swept? And what's the biggest thing to look out for? Uh, yeah, I don't think, I really don't think there's going to be any sweeps in either conference. Um, in fact, I'd be surprised. I, I'm expecting a lot of game fives. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be some series that, that get wrapped up in four but I think you're going to see a lot of game fives as kind of what we've seen um, just in the leagues that have restarted. I'll use the premier league again as an example. Um, you kind of see teams kind of just starting off really conservative and really slow and really rusty. And when you have that, even if the team is so much better than the other team they're playing, um, you're still not going to sweep them. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't see any sweeps. But with that said, I actually like Arizona in this matchup um, to take – well, to knock out the Preds. The Preds were super hot, um, one of the hotter teams in the league at the time of the pause, and that's completely gone. There's no momentum for any team, good or bad. Um, and I think – Ultimately, Arizona's goaltending is going to be able to win them three games. Um, and they'll move on. Barely. Okay. But... Um, yeah, I I agree. I don't... I see maybe one series that could be a sweep. Uh, and I know that most other, don't, most other people don't see it that way. So, yeah, it'll be tough for a sweep. It's basically as if they played all their season games versus each other. I mean, you don't expect someone to sweep in the season, so playoffs especially are tough. Um, In this matchup, I'm very torn here. Uh, I will take Nashville in this matchup. Um, I know right now they're trying to decide between Rene and Saros uh, as far as who will, their starter will be for playoffs. I think if they hit any type of... Uh, shaky rut um, where one of those two loses two games at any point, the other will go in. And um, I just think that if 
they didn't have it by that time, they will get some type of kickstart, and I overall like their team a lot more than Arizona. So coming off of uh, a little rusty, I'll take the better talent in my eyes. So I also go ahead. want to note also, it, it will be interesting as well since there's no home ice for anybody. Um, teams like Arizona that don't have any fans, um, so didn't really have home ice to begin with, they're kind of going to be unfazed. And then you have teams like, well, like Nashville kind of, that yeah. rely a lot on their passionate fan base. Um, that's just something else to think about. Not that that is going to make a huge impact, but it is something to think about with all of these matchups. True. It is. Um, moving up to the 7-10 matchup, uh, one of my favorite matchups of playoffs, uh, I have or we have the Vancouver Canucks at the seventh spot taking on the Minnesota Wild, who are ranked 10th coming in. Um, I'm going to take the Canucks here. I know the Wild have done a lot to like get in this position, and uh, Billy Guerin has nothing in mind short of playoffs for them every single season now that he is GM there, and he has made that clear uh, with them. But I just like their goaltending a lot better in Vancouver as well as uh, their depth compared to Minnesota. This, although most people won't agree, this is actually one of the series I could see turning into sweep, which is fine because I could just as well seeing Minnesota upset them, but I think it's more likely that Vancouver walks away and I'll say four. But yeah, not that, that we're saying that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I agree with everything you said. Welcome back to the playoffs, Canucks. It's been a, a few years. Um, and the Wild aren't supposed to be here. Um, they weren't supposed to be here at the start of the year. They've done a terrific job. But, yeah, I think Vancouver's just going to overpower them. I like them slightly more in really every facet of the game, offense, defense, and goaltending. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll come out on top. Okay. Um, moving on, we have the five twelve matchup of the Edmonton Oilers in the five spot versus the Chicago Blackhawks, who – I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, had 19 regulation wins uh, and made it into the playoffs as a gift. And I see this possibly biting the Oilers in the butt. Uh, I have the Oilers wearing this. Um, I think this will be a great series, but both teams rely heavily on offense and don't have the best goaltending. Um, and... I don't know. I see this being just a shootout between McDavid and Dreisaitl as versus Taves and Kane. But I have the Oilers winning. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one. I, I honestly, I see this going five, and I'll tell you why. Um, I like Chicago's goaltending, even with them trading Leonard, not expecting to make the playoffs, and selling Leonard as his contract was expiring. I still like Corey Crawford in the playoffs um, far more than Koskinen or Mike Smith. Um, however, Edmonton is, I don't want to call them a deeper team, but they are a better coached team um, and certainly better defensively. So I do have the Oilers winning this as well, but I, I really like Chicago's depth. And honestly, if with this break, if this allows guys who were just 
really underperforming for the Blackhawks, like Alex Debrinkit, um, Dylan Strom. First name that comes to mind, Dylan Strom as well. Yeah, if this time off, it could benefit those guys. Um, if Chicago can live up to their, I guess, expectations of what they should be playing like. If you remember, I had Chicago as a playoff team before the season started. Right. Um, Back when it was I had them as the second one. I was really high on this team. Um, when everybody's playing how they should, I really like Chicago. And if that happens, yes, they will beat the Oilers. But I don't think it will. Okay. Uh, I also want to note because, I mean, Patrick Kane is somebody uh, when one of the few people who uh, teams were not fond of when they talked about a best of three for the qualifying round. Uh, because when you have somebody like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, they can steal um, at least a game. But I do want to note that in the three games these teams played each other this year, the Blackhawks won two of them and a lot of goals uh, in all three games. Um, with the lowest scoring one be three and one and the other two having seven or more combined goals. So I see this being the biggest shootout in the first round um, on either side, I would say. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, certainly in the West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, the last qualifying round matchup in the West, we had the number eight Calgary Flames versus number nine Winnipeg Jets. Uh, these two were so close in the standings, as was a lot of teams. Um, when the pause happened. Um, and this is tough because if both teams are operating how they should, I think uh, I'll take the Flames, but because of the pause, I'm going to take the Jets. I just think that uh, it's with everybody coming in a little cautious slash rusty. I don't know which term is going to be better as we see play. Um, I'm going to rely on a better goaltending um, for most of my picks, and although I am a fan of Riddick, uh, Hellebuck has had a possible vest in a year, so I'm going to stick with the Winnipeg Jets here. Yeah, um, this is one of the series I'm most looking forward to just as a hockey fan. I think this is going to be super competitive and close. Um I don't remember what I said when I recorded. Um, I think this series is going to be very competitive. Um, I certainly think it'll go five games. Um, this Winnipeg was statistically the hottest team coming into this. So the break kind of hurts them, in my opinion. But I will still take the Jets in this. Ultimately, it comes down to, I agree with you, goaltending. Um, the Flames didn't even know who was going to be their goalie once the playoffs started um, at the time of the pause. So big question mark there. Um, I like the flames a lot more defensively and what their defense can do. They're very active, but the jets uh, are just ultimately it comes down to goaltending and depth. um, Both of which I do like the jets more, at least from a forward standpoint. So I will take the jets. I do see this going five though, and I'm very much looking forward to this series. Um, as a hockey fan, I think this is one of the best first-round matchups we have. I agree completely. Um, now, with that, that wraps up the qualifying round matchups. Uh, we, of course, the only other determining factor in each conference for uh, this playoff scheme is the top four doing a round-robin tournament uh, where 
the best in the round robin um, with, I believe, a tiebreaker of goal differential um, in terms of record is going to determine what the actual order is first to four. And since uh, they will not be reseeding the qualifying rounds uh, to match up with those four, it's going to be interesting how it plays out um, because I could see just about any team being a threat uh, that makes it through the qualifying round. I don't see too much uh, desire to have a certain spot over another in this. I would just not want to mm-hmm. be playing the eight, nine matchup winner. Um, however, ass- we're going to assume for this podcast that people are not resting their starters. Uh, I know as far as the East goes, Boston has talked about, but I haven't heard any teams in the West or any other teams period about, of doing it. Um, who do you have as your order one through four, um, coming out of the West? Well, I think this round Robin thing, first off, um, I, I agree these teams need to be playing games, but to have it determine seeding is a little silly to me, um, especially in the East, which we'll talk about next week. But you had Boston just well well in hand, the top seed in the East, and now they might finish fourth. I don't really think it's fair. Um, so I think this whole idea is kind of garbage. But um, I think it'll be a crapshoot kind of um, – Again, teams are going to be rusty, and they only get three games, um, whereas the teams in the qualifying round could be playing five games, which ultimately will actually benefit them more. Um, So again, I don't think that part's fair either. But um, if I just had to say, I would just put them in order of who I think is the strongest teams in the West. So I would have Vegas 1, St. Louis 2, Colorado 3, and Dallas 4. Okay. Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept. Uh, at least the West was close for them to do this. As you said, Boston was just so far ahead. Um, but my order is a little different here. I'm going to go... I'm actually going to take the Avalanche first, uh, followed by Vegas, and then St. Louis. I do have Dallas fourth, like you do. I think they are... I don't want to, like be offensive but i think they're clearly the weakest team of the top four um i agree but yeah so it'll be interesting um honestly i i don't know if i would want to be the one seed i mean you never want to try and pick out who you want to play uh but i think the whereas i could see upsets in uh the 6 11 matchup the 5 12 matchup um no matter who wins the 8 9 uh i wouldn't want to play them so whereas they're going to play the number one seed. I almost don't want that number one seed. Um, I would almost just hope that, uh, or be okay with the fact of if you get placed three or four, that maybe there's an upset potential there. So we will see how it yeah. out. Um, but yeah, that will conclude our Western Conference. Do you have any other notes uh, on the playoffs or any of these teams? Um, you mentioned the Soros Rene debate um i think there's a lot of question marks with a lot of these teams in terms of who will start um darcy kemper should be healthy for arizona but do you start him or ranta still if both are healthy i don't know um edmonton certainly it'll probably be mike smith um but again question marks there i mentioned calgary also was kind of question marks in net so um 
And Minnesota, probably Staylock. Will he be healthy or will it be Dubnik? Um, so I think it's interesting in the West, more so the East, how many of these teams um, just don't really have a strong goaltender. Yeah. Um, and Ve- Vegas has a bye, but there's another team that Flurry was really tailing off there at the end. Um, they Part of the reason they traded for Robin Leonard, who do you start? That's um, actually going to be something I bring up. I mean, do you see Robin Leonard playing unless Flurry drops the first two games? Um, or like if Flurry drops the first game, uh, I mean, we all have, we both have Vegas as a top two team. So, I mean, do you panic? Yeah. Um, I think, I think they'll obviously start with Flurry. Um, and I think he'll be fine. I, there was a lot of talk that, um, there was possible fatigue and that's why both they got Leonard and that's why he wasn't playing as well. Uh, so this break should actually really help him out with that if that was the case. Um, but Marc-Andre Fleury is a seasoned veteran, and we see that with a lot of goalies that may struggle during the regular season. They just they feel more comfortable in the playoffs almost. Um, so I think Fleury will be fine. Um, I think he is the guy, much like um, I think they will ultimately go with Rene in Nashville, um, and he'll be fine. But... It, it will be interesting. I think if Flurry, yeah, I mean, if Vegas finds themselves down a couple games, maybe you go to Leonard, um, much like his last year in Pittsburgh there, um, where he played the second round and then um, got lit up in the first game of the conference final. So they go back to Matt Murray. Um, we could be seeing something similar here in Vegas this year. Absolutely. Um, it definitely hurts uh, having it be. A, did they say will it be best of five, best of seven um, for the first actual round that the top four will be? Best of seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, I was thinking about the qualifiers and I got that mixed up. So at least they will have time to uh, at least bounce back if one of their, if any of these teams who have two goalies who are coming off a bye needs to switch it up. So for sure. Um, but yeah, that would be my thing to note. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, of any of the potential matchups we could see in the first round, um, what what would most excite you? Give me like two, I guess. Um, potential matchups. Well, in my mind, I have uh, Vancouver advancing and Vegas being the two. Um so, but honestly, Vancouver versus either Vegas or Colorado, I think would be a phenomenal series. Uh, St. Louis as well, but uh, mainly Vegas or Colorado. And the other one I want to know is, um, honestly, if you have, if the Blackhawks upset the Oilers and then play the Stars, I mean, talk about a team that shouldn't be there, like, given a chance. They would essentially... Because if they can upset the Oilers, they're going to play supposedly the weakest of the four teams. Um, if it's the Stars, I mean, I I don't want to doubt a Blackhawks team who's won that many cups recently and still has uh, their two core players from that. So I think yeah. that would be interesting. Um, those would probably be my two predictions or prediction for the series to watch uh, out of the West. 
How about you? Uh, I'm with you. If I want to see if Chicago advances, I I would want to see them play the Blues though, just because of all the playoff history between the Blues and Blackhawks, um, and they hate each other so much. I think that would be just a really fun series to see. Um, but I think my most or the series I most want to see is actually Colorado versus Edmonton. Um, just talk about a high scoring fast paced series. You got McDavid versus McKinnon, um, Rantanen and Dreisaitl, you know, like the amount of speed in that series, that, that series would be wide open and both teams obviously aren't the strongest in net. I think that would be just so fun to watch. Yeah. And so many goals. Um, and I would love, love to see a best of seven between those two. I definitely am looking forward to high scoring matchup potential because everybody will be so rusty. I think that if we get those series, I honestly think every series is either going to be either very low scoring or very high scoring. It just depends if they're rusty in terms of can't score or they're rusty in terms of defense and goaltending. Right. So it'll be interesting to see which way it sways. Uh, But yeah, I, I mean, I love a good defensive game, but it's so much more fun to watch a high offensive game in my mind. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And with that, we will wrap up uh, this episode of Top Chair Sports. Uh, make sure to tune in next week where we will cover the Eastern Conference, uh, all the qualifying round matchups, and the top four seeding. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter if you do not, as we look to get that a little more activist sports come back. And let us know your predictions for the qualifying rounds, as well as uh, your excitement for the English Premier League coming back. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well you. said. Thank you, everybody, and uh, on the Beer League Bench Talk.